0: Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God.
2: Please welcome Mike Lyons, military analyst. Mike served with various military military organizations in both the U.S. and Europe throughout his career, decorating with the Bronze Star, among other things. Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, Joe, great to be back with you. Uh, On a lighter note, first of all, our executive producer, Mike Hansen, informs me that he bothered you in the midst of the Super Bowl yesterday as you were attempting to enjoy that great national holiday. I apologize for
3: that. No, no problem. No no problem. I'm always on. I'm always available for you guys, of course. Thank
2: you. And that's what a worker he is, too. He's amazing. Anyway, so uh, I I saw the latest headlines over the weekend were that a number of nations were evacuating embassy personnel, civilians, that sort of thing. Uh, I don't know. On what basis they make those decisions, but the number, the sheer number of countries doing that was pretty ominous.
3: It is, and we're all trying to look for the historical analogy at this point. You know, is it 1914 before first, you know, the First World War? Is it, uh, appeasement to take place in 1938 with Munich and the British? Is it Independence Day where, you know, the spaceships are all kind of lining up and everyone's trying to get out of the cities before something happens? And so I, I think that they're going to give diplomacy one more chance. You saw that the Ukraine minister is going to look to talk to Russia with this, uh, now potential promise of not joining NATO, but that's, Really, not a, a, anything that, that's tangible whatsoever, because the, the bottom line is to get Ukraine in NATO it would take 100% um, agreement of all other NATO countries right now, and, and Turkey wouldn't agree with it, neither would Germany, and neither would a bunch of other nations. So that, that really is a fait complete and that's, so I, I don't think that Russia is going to take that seriously. They want more. They're going to want um, maybe a new missile defense treaty. There's a lot more things that Vladimir Putin wants, uh, or else he likely launches a, a, a kind of combat on the on the on the continent we haven't seen since the Second World War.
2: You know what? I don't have a grasp on at all is whether Putin is sincerely seeking uh, security uh, concessions of the sort you just described. Um, mm-hmm. Or whether this all is a pretext for snatching up land that he considers rightfully part of the great restored Soviet empire, or, or does he have both options to him and then he's neither one nor the other necessarily?
3: Yeah, no, I, I think it's more of the second he does want to take this land back. You know, he's got a finite life, shelf life himself. He, he he sees Russian greatness, and he's trying to project Russia into the future. That's really what, from his perspective, what this is about. And the only way that a country does that is by taking over resources. I think I think he's got to be faced with the decision of, Taking Crimea, uh, taking, already taking Crimea, taking Ukraine, and possibly destroying things that he's going to want to use in the future. But to your point, you know, he gets Ukraine, he, he has influence over Belarus. What's not to say he's going to want to encroach in potentially the northern countries and Latvia still, in NATO countries now? How, how's that going to go? So I think that that's why this appeasement argument is out there because people say, well, if we give an out of this, uh, then he'll just look to do that in the future. But, it, it, you know, he's got to look forward in a, a country that's dying fundamentally russia is going in the wrong direction and i think he recognizes that and this is the way he thinks he can reverse that well
2: yeah i guess what i'm asking is um, are the international diplomats trying desperately to to talk sense to sergey lavrov and all the russians are they just neville neville chamberlain going to hitler and there was never anything that was going to appease hitler he had a specific plan uh, do you think putin's still weighing options or would you guess he has a specific plan
3: no, I think he has a plan, and that's a, okay. the, the point about Neville Chamberlain going and, and to Hitler was, you know, I watch historians now try to say, well, actually, that wasn't that bad because it bought the U.K. another year or so to get ready for the war that's coming. I, I, again, I shake my head saying that's not what's happening here. Ukraine's not getting any further ready for a, a war. Um, I, I have to wonder w- what... The military is doing right now. They're obviously on high alert. They they're they're going to be undermanned. They're going to be underwhelmed by the technology that uh, that they have compared to what the Russians have. On the other side, I wonder what the Russian soldiers thinking on their side of the border. Do they know when they're coming? Are they sitting? Did they get the order and they were told to pause? I've been in that situation before. Uh, but I do I don't think that I think I think Putin clearly has a strategic plan. He's always been one of those kinds of thinkers over over the horizon, making sure he has uh, something in play. And I believe that um, in this case uh, he'll play that out.
2: Military analyst Mike Lyons uh, on the line. Mike, we don't, we civilians don't really have a sense of of how great Russia's superiority is over the Ukrainian forces. We're told that they're they're pretty well trained. A lot of a lot of them are battle hardened. The Ukrainians uh, reasonably well equip, equipped. Is it like two to one, five to one, ten to one?
3: Uh, it's, it's You know, you to compare both militaries, it's more like seven or eight to one, it's very high, but but the issue is what they've got amassed on the border and what they're up against, and what Russia does have a success in the military, I think that's been understated here. Um, Russian military units have been deployed to Syria for the past 10 years, w- working that civil war, so they're going to be somewhat battle-tested themselves, and the Ukraines no, they've got... Within their culture, they're embedded to fight and and and, and, the, and the like, and and you've got people now and looking to try to create this model of well, let's let them in, and then we'll have this counterinsurgency that takes place. I, you just Russia won't play with that. I, I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. Russia is going to look to destroy the Ukraine military. There's going to be significant you know artillery, missiles, all kinds of. Indirect fire against their military targets looking to destroy their military before it gets out of the motor pool, and um, it's, it's going to be unfortunate. If you're, if you're wearing a Ukraine uniform or you're, you've got a gun in your hand walking around Ukraine, you're going to be a target for the Russian military, and you're, out, you're outnumbering – the Russian military outnumbers them on the ground right now, three to one, four to one.
2: Wow. Wow. Uh, so finally, we uh, Americans tend to fixate on one story at a time. Are there any other hotspots around the globe that you have a uh, special interest in that have really grabbed your attention?
3: I'm always looking at the Middle East. I got my son deployed there, so I've got a little, you know, my, my eyes there as well with what's going on with the missile, uh, with the um, Iranian missile deal, or I'm sorry, the nuclear deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, from a military perspective, though, we continue to project power, and I think, um, you know, this is going to give us an opportunity to, if we do this properly, to, to really think about if they do decide to go in Ukraine, what, what are we going to do? We've got to start protecting our, our assets that uh, are in space. If we're going to help the Ukraine military, which is what we would do now, let's see if, if they do roll tanks, um, we've got some um, ground surveillance radars and things that we could possibly help them with intelligence and information um, i do i do think that next fifth dimension will take place in outer space and there'll be there'll be combat up there at some point and the question is you know perhaps this is the precursor to that if we can you know protect those assets there i think we'll be okay
2: you know that's a topic we ought to pursue on another day absolutely interesting and the idea that Uh, The previous administration, we'll leave the T word out of it, but the previous Mm -hmm. administration's uh, solidifying and starting up the Space Force, the fact that that was mocked and laughed at is, is just, it's a measure of how stupid we can be, I think.
3: No, no, no question, and that's exactly where the next battle takes place. Cyber uh, oversees all of that, especially in space as well. We can we're concerned about these countries that have nuclear capability. We've talked about before. You can't you know have a nuke and you have to be able to deliver a nuke. And you need a space force in order to get it uh, across the, the continents. Um, I do think that right, and we've got so much intel collection assets up there right now. What if uh, what if China decides to knock some of those things out right now in precursor to this invasion in Ukraine? Uh, that that can already be. Starting in some ways, and we've got to figure out a way how we're going to protect that. Wow. Wow. Mike Lyons, military analyst.
2: Mike, thanks a million. Good to talk to you. We appreciate it.
3: Thanks so much Thank for having
2: me. All right. Absolutely. Wow. The idea that uh, the next front in warfare is blowing each other's satellites out of the sky, and then I would imagine aggressively launching dozens, hundreds, thousands of more satellites up into the sky so our eyes and ears. Uh, continue to function up there because i know that's that's an enormous part uh, part of american military capability is uh, a communications and uh and that's that's a, a great field in itself if you ever want to get truly wonky about the communication systems we're trying to design so that if they knock out a we go to b if they knock out b we go to c and and just always have a certain amount of reasonable command and control but the idea that um that all of that is now vulnerable in a way that it hasn't been in generations. I mean, whoo, that'll get your
0: attention. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals join me on the dark side of sports by listening to playing dirty sports scandals on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
1: the elevation with stephen furtick podcast was created with you in mind this is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from god